Welcome to another episode of the 20-Minute Bible Study, a teaching podcast from Faith on Hill Church. My name's Adam. I'm the pastor at Faith on Hill. And while I put 20 minutes on the timer, why don't you open your Bible to the book of Exodus chapter 37? Well, chapter 37, verse 1, says that Bezalel made the ark of acacia wood. Now, this is talking about the Ark of the Covenant, the one that you saw in Indiana Jones and, and you know, so on. Uh, two and a half cubits long, a cubit and a half wide, a cubit and a half high. He overlaid it with pure gold, both inside and out, and made gold molding around it. He cast four gold rings for it and fastened it to the feet with two gold rings on each side and two on the other. And he made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold and he inserted the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry it. So you have the ark, which is this box, and then these rings on each side, you could slide these gold poles through and that's how they would carry it from place to place. That comes into play later, by the way, if you get into 2 Samuel. Um, That's something for you to look up on your own time. He made the atonement cover of pure gold, two and a half cubits long and a cubit and a half wide. Then he made two cherubs out of hammered gold at the ends of the cover, and he made one cherub on one end and the second cherub on the other. The two ends he made them of one piece with the cover. And the cherubs had their wings spread outward, overshadowing the cover. The cherubs faced each other, looking towards the cover. Again, If you haven't seen Indiana Jones, you can go on Google image search and you can find what this looks like. Then they made a table of acacia wood, two cubits long, a cubit wide and a cubit and a half high. And if you, if you want to know what a cubit is, um, that's about three and a half or three feet long and a foot and a half wide and two and one quarters feet high. Most of your Bibles will have uh, in the footnotes, the conversion on that. Then they overlaid it with pure gold and made gold molding around it. And then they made a rim a handbreadth wide and put gold molding around the rim. And they cast four gold rings for the table and fastened them to the four corners with the four legs. And the rings were close to the rim to hold the poles used to carry the table. So the tape, everything's being made ready for transport. Everything is being ready to go because this tabernacle, as the people wandered through the wilderness, had to be moved whenever they moved. And it had to be moved when they uh, came into the promised land and it had to be moved from place to place. It's interesting to me that what God told them to do was to build something impermanent. And it wasn't until Jerusalem became the capital of Israel that something permanent, the temple, was built. And I was thinking about this uh, as we were going through on Sunday um, before I recorded this. Uh, I recorded the the Sunday sermon in studying the book of Haggai in our study of the least ten least read books of the Bible, and they didn't when the people are rebuilding after the Babylonian captivity. God didn't tell them to build another tabernacle; He told them to build another temple. The idea is that they were not in a permanent place, but once they got into the land, and Jerusalem was the capital, that is permanently. God's city, no matter what anybody says, God has declared that to be his city. I found that interesting. But 
these things were to be moved, and so they're built in such a way that they could be easily moved. Verse 17, the lampstand. They made the lampstand of pure gold, hammered it out its base and shaft, and made it flower-like cups, buds, and blossoms in one piece with them. So there's this lampstand that, you know, is kind of tall, and then they're out of it these these um, places for essentially for the fire, for candle holding, but they look like flowers. It's interesting to me that God seems to care how things look. God seems to care how things come together. There are churches who care arguably too much about how things look. And then there are Christians who say, why should we care at all? It doesn't matter. You know, God seems to care how things look. And so I don't have a problem with making a meeting space look nice and feel nice and feel current. And that's a balance and attention that Christians have to find is how you have a meeting space. How do you make it warm and welcoming and inviting? And at the same time, not to overspend or overemphasize it because these things are not permanent. And it's not about the meeting place. It's about the Holy Spirit meeting with us in that space. Let's see, where are we here? Verse 19, three cups shaped like almond flowers with buds and blossoms were on one branch, the next branch the same for all six branches extending from the lampstand. And on the lampstand were four cups shaped like almond flowers with buds and blossoms. One bud under the first pair of branches extending from the lampstand, a second bud under the second pair, a third bud under the third bear, six, six branches in all. The buds and the branches were all one piece with the lampstand hammered out of pure gold. They made its seven lamps as well as its wicks, trimmers, trays, and pure gold. And they made the lampstands and all its accessories out of one talent of pure gold, one talent being uh, about 75 pounds of gold. That's a lot of gold. It's interesting. You might remember way back when we were studying the leaving of from Egypt, you know, God's people at the beginning of the book of Exodus are enslaved in Egypt and God leads them out. And part of what happens when they leave is the Egyptians just give them stuff, which is like back pay for their slavery, you know, um, that, that the, as they're leaving, the, the Egyptians essentially make reparations and say, here. And they give them gold and all kinds of other stuff. But it wasn't for them to hoard. It was for them to give. Like they, All of this stuff came from the free will offering. And what we have is not for us to cling on to and clench and to hold on to. But how can I be of service to others? How can I give? Verse 25 they made the altar of incense out of acacia wood, and it was a square, a cubit long, cubit wide, and two cubits high. Its horns were of one piece, and they overlaid the top and all the sides of the horns with pure gold, and they made a gold molding around it. And they made two gold rings below the molding, two on each of the opposite sides to hold the poles to carry it. They made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. They also made the sacred anointing oil and the pure fragrant incense, the work of a perfumer. Again, this is my standard Google image search that business and you can find out what this looks like. Now, somebody might ask, hey, why is it that we have to read all this stuff? Oh my goodness, like, I don't care. This doesn't seem to have any impact on my life. I'm gonna tell you that everything in here comes up again. The Everything in here that's described is mentioned somewhere else later in the scripture. And it's good to know, it's helpful to know what is going on. Because this tent of meeting will appear again. It'll appear in 
the book of the Judges. It'll appear in First and Second Samuel. It, it, it's necessary to understand it, to understand things that Jesus talks about with the temple. It's necessary to understand this, to understand things that are talked about in the book of the Revelation. It's kind of like you have to read this part to get what really happens later. Chapter 38, verse 1. They built the altar of burnt offerings of acacia wood, three cubits high. It was square, five cubits long, and five cubits wide. And they made a horn at each of the four corners so that the horn and the altar were of one piece. And they overlaid the altar with bronze. And they made all of its utensils of bronze, its pots, shovels, and sprinkling bowls, meat forks, and fire pans. Because remember, they were dealing with meat. You're sacrificing bulls and goats and birds. So like a meat fork? Yes, they needed a meat fork for the work that they were doing. They made a grating for the altar. That was um, a grating to overcover, you know, where there would be fire. A bronze network to be under its ledge. Halfway up the altar, they cast bronze rings to hold the poles to the four corners of the grating. This network is talking about, I think, as I understand it, is was where the blood was collected from the animals. Uh, they made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with bronze. They inserted the poles into the rings so that they would be on the sides of the altar for carrying it. They made it hollow out of boards. Now that hollow, it has to do with weight. You got to keep the weight down when you're transporting something. And uh, so that this is, again, this whole thing is made for transport. Then they made, verse 8, a bronze basin and its bronze stands from the uh, mirrors of the women who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting. And this basin was made for washing. If you're going to be sacrificing animals, you got to keep clean because there's going to be blood and guts everywhere, right? Verse 9, next they made the courtyard. Uh, this side was 100 cubits long and had curtains of finely twisted linen. We talked about this last week, how uh, the courtyard was set up to kind of say, hey, this is the space where you're going to have the the meeting with God, the worship of God. So that the the tent of meeting, the holy place is in there, the altar is in there. It's not just wherever, it's contained within this courtyard. Uh, verse 10, with 20 posts and 20 bronze bases, with silver hooks and bands on the post, the north side was also 100 cubits long, 20 cubits post with 20 bronze bases with silver hooks and bands on the post. The west side was 50 cubits wide and had a curtain with 10 posts and 10 base with silver hooks and bands on the post. The east end towards the sunrise was also 50 cubits wide. Curtains 15 cubits long were on one side of the entrance with three posts and three bases and the curtains 15 cubits long were on the other side of the entrance to the courtyard with three posts and three bases. All the curtains around the courtyard were of finely twisted linen. The bases of the post were bronze. The hooks and the bands of the posts were silver. Their tops were overlaid with silver so that the posts of the courtyard had silver bands. The curtains for the entrance of the courtyard was made of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and finely twisted linen, the work of an embroiderer. It was 20 cubits long and like the curtains of the courtyard, five cubits high. With four posts and four bronze bases, their hooks and bands were silver. Their tops were overlaid with silver. And all the tent pegs of the tabernacle and the surrounding courtyard were bronze. These are the amounts of the materials used for the tabernacle, the tabernacle of the covenant law, which was recorded at Moses' command by the Levites under the direction of Ithmar, son of Aaron, the priest. Belezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, made everything the Lord commanded Moses. 
With him was Hoilab, the son of Ashamach of the tribe of Dan, an engraver and designer and an embroiderer of the, in blue, purple, and silver yarn and fine linen. The total amount of the gold from the wave offering used for the work of the sanctuary was 29 talents and 730 shekels. That means that the weight of the gold used altogether was about a ton or one metric ton. According to the sanctuary shekel, the silver obtained from the community who were counted in the census was 100 talents and uh, 1,775 shekels, according to the sanctuary shekel, one becket per person, that is half a shekel, according to the sanctuary shekel, from everyone who had crossed over to those counted 25, uh, 20 years old or more, a total of 603,550 men. That gives you an idea uh, that the people of Israel in this time, counting men and women and children, is easily over a million people, maybe closer to two. Counting the children, 200 talents of silver were cast, 100 talents of silver, excuse me, were cast from the 100 talents, one talent for each base, and they used the 1,775 shekels to make hooks for the post to overlay the tops of the post and make their bands. So they're keeping an accounting of what was given. Uh, there's transparency. Everything is being done above board. The bronze from the wave offering was 70 talents and 2,400 uh, 2, shekels, and they used it to make the basis for the entrance to the tent of meeting, the bronze altar with its bronze grating and the utensils, the basis for the surrounding courtyards, and for the entrance and all the tent pegs for the tabernacle and those of the surrounding courtyards. Chapter 39, verse 1, from the blue, purple, and scarlet yard, they made woven garments for ministering in the sanctuary. They also made sacred garments for Aaron as the Lord commanded Moses. They made an ephod of gold, blue, and purple scarlet yarn of finely twisted linen. They hammered out thin sheets of gold and cut strands to be worked into the blue, purple, and scarlet yarn of fine women, the work of a skilled hand. They made shoulder pieces for the ephod, which was attached to the two corners so that it could be fastened. Its skillfully woven waistband was like it, one piece of the ephod, of the ephod and was made with gold with blue, purple and scarlet yarn and finely twisted linen as the Lord commanded Moses. So they weren't just doing it because they felt like it, it was because God commanded them. They mounted onyx stones in gold filigree settings and engraved them with a seal with the names of the sons of Israel. So it would have had the names of the 12 tribes. Then they fastened on them the shoulder pieces of the ephod as memorial stones to the sons of Israel as the Lord commanded Moses. They fashioned the breastplate, the work of a skilled craftsman, and they made it like the ephod of gold, of blue and purple and scarlet yarn and fastened uh, finely twisted linen. It was square, a span long and a span wide and folded double. Then they mounted four rows of precious stones on it. The first row was carnelian, crystallite, and beryl. The second row was turquoise, lapis lazuli, and emerald. The third row was jacinth agate and amethyst and the fourth row was topaz onyx and jasper these were mounted in gold filigree settings there were 12 stones one for each of the names of the sons of israel each engraved with a like a seal with the name of one of the 12 tribes for the breastplate they made braided chains of pure gold like a rope they made two gold filigree settings and two gold rings and they fastened the rings onto the corners of the breastplate and they fastened two gold chains onto the rings in the corners of the breastplate and the other end of the chains of the two settings attaching them to the shoulder pieces. This is just how it's all connected. 
Then they made two gold rings and attached them to the two corners of the breastplate on the inside edge next to the ephod. Then they made two more gold rings and attached them to the bottom of the shoulder pieces on the front of the ephod, close to the seam just above the waistband of the ephod. Then they tied the rings of the breastplate to the rings of the ephod with blue cords connecting it to the waistband so that the breastplate would not swing out from the ephod as the Lord commanded Moses. Then they made robes of the ephod entirely out of blue cloth, uh, blue cloth, the work of a weaver, with an opening in the center of the robes like the opening of a collar and the band around this opening so that it would not tear. They made pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and finely twisted linen around the hem of the robes. See these little yarn balls, it's decorative. Then they made belts of pure gold and attached them around the hem of the pomegranates and the belts of the pomegranates altered around the hem of the robe to be worn for ministering as the Lord commanded Moses. For Aaron and his sons, they made fine tunics of linen, the work of a weaver, and turbans of fine linen, and linen caps, and the undergarments of finely twisted linen. And then the sash was made of finely twisted linen and blue, purple, and scarlet yard, the work of an embroiderer, as the Lord commanded Moses. And so they, they made the plates, the sacred emblem, out of pure gold and engraved on it like an inscription on a holy seal, holy to the Lord. That's what it said. It said, holy to the Lord. And they fastened a blue cord to attach it to the turbans as Moses, or as the Lord commanded Moses. The idea was that the priests were to be taken care of for the work that they were doing. The Levites were given no land inheritance other than a few cities in Israel. They were to be taken care of by the people, but they were also to be holy unto the Lord. Now, did that stay that way? No, sadly not. We read about that in 1 Samuel, how Eli the priest had allowed his sons to go unchecked in their sin. We just studied it when we went through the book of Zephaniah on Sunday mornings, how the priests were worshiping false gods in secret and then eventually not in secret, in public. But this is the calling that they were to have. Verse 32, so all the work of the tabernacle, the tent of meeting was completed. The Israelites did everything just as the Lord commanded Moses. And then they brought the tabernacle to Moses, the tent and all its furnishings, its clasps, frames, crossbars, and posts, and bases, and the coverings of ramskin dyed red, and the coverings of another durable leather, and the shielding curtains, the ark of the covenant law with its poles and atonement cover, the table with all of its articles, and the bread of the presence, the pure gold lampstand with all of its rows of lamps and its accessories, the olive oil for the light, the gold altar, the anointing oil, the fragrant incense, the tent for the entrance, the bronze altar with its bronze grating and the poles and all its utensils, basins with its stands, the curtains of the courtyard with all of its posts and basins, the curtains for the entrance of the courtyard, the ropes and tent pegs for the courtyard, all of the furnishings for the tabernacle and the tent of meeting. Now that's two different things, by the way. The, the tabernacle is the whole thing. The tent of meeting is the specific tent that sat inside the courtyard. And all the woven garments for the ministering in the sanctuary, both sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons when serving as priests. The Levites has done all the work as the Lord had commanded Moses and Moses inspected the work and saw that they had done it just as the Lord commanded. So Moses blessed them. 
So you see that Moses doesn't have to do everything on his own. There were people who were skilled who could do these things, but then their, their work was double checked. Hey, I'm going to make sure that everything was done as it was supposed to be done. Again, following Jesus, living in the community of faith, the family of faith that is the church is a collective team effort. It's not to be done just by one person. It's not to be done on our own. We're, we're together in all of this. And I'll say this, if you don't feel like you're really together, that's not a judgment call. It's an invitation to be connected. The Bible talks in the book of Acts chapter 2 about the original Christians being devoted to one another. Let's be devoted to one another as we are devoted to Jesus. Well, our time has run up on another episode of the 20-minute Bible study. Next week, we will finish the book of Exodus. I want to thank you for joining us for another episode. We meet on Sunday mornings in person at 10.30 a.m. at Faith on Hill Church. There's video and audio versions available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. All you have to do is search Faith on Hill. On our website, you just have to click online gatherings or on our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Faith on Hill. My name's Adam. I want to thank you for joining us for another episode of the 20-Minute Bible Study. Thank you.